Hello and welcome to the Horseness Training Podcast. I'm Karin van den Borre and I'm a professional horse trainer and instructor. I'm also the founder of Horseness Training and creator of the online Horseness Training programs. This is my very first ever podcast and for this first time it's going to be a Q&A podcast, which means I'm going to answer five questions that people have sent me through mail. Are you ready? Okay, so first I would like to explain why I decided to do this podcast in the first place. Well, I've been training horses and coaching people and their horse professionally since 1995 now. So I have seen a lot of change during all those years. A lot of people became more aware of the importance of training horses respectfully and horse friendly and and without uh, force. And instead of using horses only as a riding animal, more and more people see their horse as a friend and a partner. They are willing to learn their language and develop a true connection with their horse. But despite of that fact that a lot of people are more mindful about horses and horse training, there's also still a lot of work to be done. There are still some big myths about horse training out there and a big part of the horse world still needs more awareness and more knowledge about horses about who they really are, about how to communicate with them in a way that they understand and that is respectful. Also how to train them in a way that also the horse can be happy with the training. And how to make sure horses can live a balanced life in the human world. And that is my mission, bringing awareness, sharing the knowledge I gained from working with horses, especially with horses that were traumatized and the so-called problematic horses, um, and I'm also, uh, it's also my mission to help horses and their human overcome the challenges they are facing and to teach them how to build an amazing relationship with their horse and, and how to train them successfully. And I do this by coaching people offline, so with private lessons, in workshops and clinics, but I also teach online. So there's the online Horseness Liberty Training Programme and also the Horseness Groundwork program at the moment, but more is still to come. And next to that, I also write informative and interesting articles on my website, where, by the way, you can download two free ebooks. So go ahead and visit horsenesstraining.com, or if you are Dutch speaking, you can also download them in Dutch, the ebooks, that's on horsefulness.be. Also, because I know that life can sometimes be very, very busy, And I know it's not always easy to find the time to read articles or to watch videos. I reasoned that a podcast would be a perfect way for you to be able to learn and get new and interesting insights and ideas while you can still do other things like driving your car or cleaning your house or mucking out the stable. So that is why I decided to do podcasts and I hope that the Horseness Training Podcast will be the perfect way for you to get inspired and motivated. So, enjoy! Okay, so I already mentioned this is a Q&A podcast and in today's episode I'm going to answer five questions that were sent to me by mail. Those questions all have one thing in common. It's a question or it's five questions about Liberty Training 
or the sender is experiencing a challenge with his or her horse and the first step to that solution or the way to deal with that challenge is doing liberty training with the horse. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk a lot about liberty training. If you are new to horseness training, then you probably are not familiar with liberty training according to the horseness training philosophy. So if that is the case, then I invite you to download free ebooks that I wrote for you and you can find it on my website. And um, so that's horsenestraining.com or horsenestraining.be if you're Dutch speaking. And, but I'm going to explain to you a little bit here already what liberty training is all about. Uh, liberty training is the foundation of the horseness training method. So horseness liberty training is actually the first thing you will do if you start horseness training. And it exists of eight exercises, which I call the connection exercises. Those eight connection exercises are the foundation for everything else you and your horse want to do together in the future. Because those exercises are about communication and connection. And in my opinion, it's important to first build on the connection and only when the connection is strong, then start training. In other words, first connection, then training. Because a horse that doesn't like you, that doesn't trust you, that doesn't understand you, that doesn't feel a connection with you, will be more difficult to train. It's possible, of course, a lot of people do it, but it will be less easy or the horse will be less happy with it. It will also be less motivated. Especially if the horse still doesn't trust you and don't understand you, you will encounter a lot of problems. So a good connection is the fundament, is the foundation for everything you want to do with your horse. And the true connection, in my opinion, is best established in liberty. And I'm going to explain to you why. Because only in liberty a horse can express itself fully and naturally. Uh, and if you have done first liberty training, then it will also be possible for the horse to do that during groundwork. But it has to have first that feeling of freedom without you attaching him on a rope to be able to express itself fully. And some methods train their horse with a halter and the rope first before they go to liberty. And whenever the horse wants to go away then, they attach the horse back on the lead rope to train the horse to stay with them. But what we do in our liberty training is giving the horse a choice first, without training that uh, on the rope. So if it wants to go, we let it go. It's as simple as that. We don't train or condition the horse to stick with us. So by giving the horse the choice to stay or to go away, trust can grow. So true liberty training is giving the horse true freedom. When the horse goes away, it can mean a lot and we let it because it's very valuable information. It can mean it doesn't want to be with you for some reason. It can also mean it was too much and that the horse needs a break. It takes a time out. It can also mean your horse is interested in something that's going on in the environment, in his surroundings. It can also mean it's asking you to open the gate and go into the fields. It can mean it's thirsty, it wants to go drinking. It can mean it wants you to follow him instead of him following you and so on. So we communicate, we interact 
and play with the horse in liberty to make sure your horse knows it's allowed to express himself, it can express himself fully and that it is entitled to have his own opinion, that you really listen to him. And it's the perfect way to learn more about your horse and what his needs are. So with liberty training, according to the horsemanist philosophy, we first want to see the horse as he is in liberty, in his most natural state of being. And we want to show our horses that we see him as an individual, with the right to have his own emotions, his own thoughts and opinions. And because of that, horses can trust us and horses would like to be with us. And only a horse that trusts us and can be himself will be happy to cooperate with us also during training when we start to train the horse with a halter and a rope and you know when he's attached on a lead rope. So liberty training is the foundation for everything else we want to do together with our horse because we learn to see how the horse communicates, we learn how we communicate back to the horse, we learn what is important to our horse how it thinks, what it likes, what it doesn't, and so on. So getting to know your horse inside out and developing a clear communication and a true connection, that is the most important reason to start in liberty. To start developing a natural communication first and a true connection. And uh, by doing that, you can deal with a lot of challenges you are facing with your horse. Now think about um, a, a horse that's anxious, a horse that is shut down, horse that shows dominant or defensive behavior, um, horses who lack self-confidence, who are distrustful in their interaction with the human uh, or with you, and a lot of other challenges. Uh, and the best, way, the best way to solve these things are to start with, um, with the foundation. And as I already said, there are eight connection exercises. And first you learn the eight connection exercises separate, so then you will be able, after periods, to combine them in a very natural way. Because people often say, okay, it's exercises, it's not natural. But it is. I just um, f uh, developed those exercises to be sure that people learn how to communicate with their horse, how to bond with their horse, but after a while, this won't be exercises anymore. It will be a language. It's like learning a separate words and another word and then sentences and then you are able to speak a new language. So then you are able to use it in a very easy, very naturally way, just like you speak a second language. In the beginning you have to think about every separate word. You do exercises to be, to be able to speak or to... Um, pronounce the words and after a period of study you can express yourself without thinking about every single word, without uh, thinking about the sentences that just roll out of your mouth without any effort. And that is also how it goes when you learn horse language through the eight connection exercises. So, short said, liberty is a foundation because you develop a true connection with the horse based on how horses naturally bond with each other and how they naturally communicate with each other. And only when there is a true connection between you and your horse, you are ready to start training your horse and other training components. Think about groundwork, gymnastic groundwork, 
riding, whether that is trail riding, jumping, dressage, or another type of riding. So, that was a bit more about Horfner's Liberty training. Let's start with the first question. And the first question is from Joyce from the Netherlands. And Joyce wrote me, My horse ignores me. I'm only interesting when I have hay or something else to eat with me. Apparently, I'm not interesting enough. What can I do? Thanks a lot, Joyce and my horse, Asha. So, first of all, I would like to say to you, Joyce, that you are important enough and interesting enough for your horse. You really are. People often think that when a horse doesn't come close or seeks contact, that this means that the horse doesn't like his human or doesn't think his human is interesting or important enough to him. But that is never the case. Every person is good enough. Every person can connect with his horse on a deep level. But there's one important thing that you need to know if you would like your horse to engage more with you for who you are and not only for the food you bring. And that is, be yourself and be fully present. If you are present in the moment, if you are fully in the here and the now, then there will be no expectations. And I say that because if you expect your horse to come to you, to like you, to connect with you, and that is something that creates tension in your mind and in your body because you want that so much, then your horse can see in your body um, movements the tensions and it can feel the energy of you, of this tensing, of this tensing, tensing energy. It feels the pressure of the expectations you are expressing with your body, with your mind, and with your energy. And that is, in most cases, a very important reason that horses are not drawn to their human. Because just like us, horses don't like to be pressured in any way. They want to feel free. It's in their natural, it's in their nat nature to be free. So, Joyce, let go. Let go of your expectations and just go to your horse, sit in his pasture, in his paddock, and enjoy the moment as it is. Just enjoy. The first exercise of horseness training is called bonding time. That's connection exercise one. And it's all about letting go. It's about being with the horse without doing something without wanting something from the horse, without having expectations. It's really about spending time together and letting the horse decide whether it wants to see contact or not. And everything is okay. Because when you are present, when you are enjoying the present moment and enjoying the connection with yourself and your surroundings, then every moment is perfect. Also when the horse is not coming to you and just continues with what it is doing, whether that is grazing, resting, walking around or playing with his equine friends. It's okay. The horse always knows you are there. Even when you don't seek contact with him, the horse is aware of your presence and when you are there and when you are relaxed and soft in your mind and body, the horse will start to notice the change in you. So if you let go of your expectations, if you really are fully present, it will notice the change and it will want to come and check you out. 
Horses are drawn to people who are present and connected. So my advice to you is spend time during bonding time, relax and let go. Enjoy the moment. It's a moment for you to connect with yourself, with your surroundings. So the sun, the trees, the grass, the horses grazing in the field. Don't go to your horse. Don't ask the horse to come to you. Ignore your horse. Just be there in the same field. Give it time. Enjoy it. It's a perfect time to relax. It's a perfect time to, um, yeah, to, to, to not work, to not be busy with other things. Just take it as uh, free time, relaxing time. And also give it time. You will maybe need this time to really be able to let go and to really become present. Now, if that is difficult for you, use your breath. So go to your breath if you start worrying or if you feel you are pressuring your horse again to come to you. If you have thoughts like, oh no, you see he's still uh, standing on the other side of the, of the field. If you feel you have um, thoughts like that, Go to the sensations of your breath and your body. Reconnect with your body. And that will bring you back in the present. And even if it takes a few sessions to a few weeks, give yourself that time. It's so important that you are able to do that. Not only to connect with your horse, but also in daily life. And I can assure you, if you are able to, uh, if you are really in the, in the, in the present, your horse will notice the change and he will get curious about you. And then when your horse comes to you, he will maybe want to smell you and touch you and let him. Give your horse the opportunity to be curious, to check you out. A lot of horses never really get that chance. They always have to do something with their human or the human always wants to do something with them or to them, to their horse, but they never really Give the horse the chance to be curious about them. So let your horse and keep doing bonding time and really until your horse's curiosity is satisfied. And then you are ready to start the next connection exercises. That's greet and go and greet and groom. And with those exercises, you will be the one that initiates contact. But it's the horse that decides whether that is okay or not. So it's the horse that decides if he wants you to come closer or if he wants you to stay at a distance. And you play with that during the uh, greet and go exercise. That's really a great exercise because your horse will notice then that you see his boundaries and that you not only see them, but also that you respect them. And that will um, really be interesting to your horse. A lot of horses get intrigued about their human when the human um, is playing with the greet and go exercise. And that's often also the beginning of liberty leading. So the horse that follows you in liberty. Now, after that, there are so many things you can do to your horse that you, your horse will find it interesting and fun. And every horse is different. So then it's up to you to find out what motivates your horse to engage with you. But okay, that is for the future. For now, you need to first bond with your horse in the way Horses also bond naturally with each other. So Joyce, um, to um, put it very short, start with spending bonding time with your horse without bringing food, without doing something, wanting something. Just be yourself, relax, be present. 
That's the first step. And then continue with the other exercises. And I'm 100% sure that your horse will want to see contact and will start loving this special time with you. The second question I have is from Beth. And Beth writes, I have had quite a few issues lately with my horse. I'm having trouble actually finding something he likes to do in order for him to engage mentally and physically. His attitude gets in the way now while I try to work with him. He's very stubborn and impatient <coughs> as well as he gets bored. He does get pushy at times and will bite or lash out with his hind legs. I'm also having trouble with lunging him outside of his paddock. He will be doing all right, but then suddenly he will put his head down so he's stronger and run off. I try my best to keep a good hold, but usually I can't. And then he's gone. He does it every time. I don't know what to do anymore. When I read your story, Beth, the first thing that I notice is that you write that my, your horse is very stubborn and impatient. It can look or feel like your horse is stubborn, but your horse is only communicating to you about what he can do or cannot do, about what he likes or what he doesn't like, about what he understands or about what he doesn't understand. And in most cases, when people say that their horse is stubborn, in fact, it's the horse that doesn't quite understand what he is asked to do or he just can't physically or mentally do what he is asked because it is too difficult. In some cases, it is possible that the horse can do it and also understand it, but then the horse is not motivated to do it. In other words, the horse sees no good reason why he should do what he has asked. And in all these cases, it is the horse that is communicating. And it's up to the trainer to find out what the horse is saying and find a solution. So in the, horse of, in the case of the horse not understanding what to do, then the exercise is mentally too difficult. The horse just doesn't get it. And then it's necessary to break the exercise in smaller steps, in steps that the horse understands. And when those steps then go well, then you can put those steps together again. So that is what you can do if the horse mentally doesn't understand. In the case of a horse not being capable of doing certain exercises physically, you will need to train the body of the horse better. So the horse then becomes stronger or more flexible, or the horse gains more body awareness, or you help the horse gain better coordination. That are all reasons that the horse can't perform a certain exercise. So also for that, it's necessary to break up the exercise in smaller steps until the horse is able to perform those more physical challenging exercises. In the example of asking your horse to circle, like you said on the lunge, it is possible that a horse has difficulties on the lunge because of his natural crookedness. And if your horse has difficulties because of that, then it's difficult to circle in a way that is relaxing to him and giving him a good feeling. Because if a horse is, is um, straight on the circle, is um, balanced on the circle, 
then this circling will feel relaxing, will feel good, and it will give him a good feeling. So if that is not the case, if the horse has his natural crookedness um, um, giving him problems, then the horse will be stressed on a circle. Then it's, that is a possibility or a reason that the horse breaks free, uh, breaks uh, loose on the circle. Now, an example for that, or a, a possible solution for that, I mean, can be that you start with, an, with exercises in hold and exercises in hand to prepare him for the circle. Or you could also ask him to do one circle at a time until he gets better and better and more balanced in one circle and then uh, ask for two and, and you work like that. Of course, you have to always be sure that your horse is not in pain, like back pain, pain in the limbs. So I do advise to let your horse check first by a vet and an osteopath and um, yeah, to see if, you, uh, if your horse doesn't have pain. And another thing you have to consider is whether the horse doesn't have too many tensions in his body that prevents him from doing the exercises he needs to do. Because sometimes a horse is physically okay, the vet can't find something, the osteopath can't find uh, something, but still the horse carries a lot of tension in the body that comes from mental tension or emotional tension. And when the horse is mentally tensed or emotionally tensed, then the body gets tensed. And when the body gets tensed, it is more difficult, sometimes even impossible, to move or to perform certain, certain movements or certain exercises, even if that are the most natural movements for the horse. Uh, for example, the horse will walk with tension or it will trot with tension. And when you then ask for more movement or a different kind of movement, like going on a circle, the horse feels that his body is blocked. So the movements don't feel comfortable and therefore the horse starts to refuse. As a way of telling you, he can't do it with ease. Now humans have this too. I think everybody has experienced this in his life. When you are tensed, your body gets tensed. And if that continues for a few days or weeks, or there are even people who, who, who live with that for years, your body gets stiffer and stiffer. And moving gets harder and harder and you feel that normal daily movements feel more and more uncomfortable. I had that with my neck when I was a late teenager. I uh, had um, problems with my neck and my neck was really stiff a lot. And because of that I started moving differently. And in a few years time my whole body had this real, weird pattern of moving and my whole body was stiff. And um, it came to a point that I really had to do something about it. And luckily I found a solution and, I, and it got solved. But it's something uh, that I have to work on every day. And if I don't do it for a long time, I feel that I get in those patterns again. So body work is really important for most of us actually, because life in our society is bringing us a lot of tension often and we need to work with that and we need to work with the body and also of course a lot with the mind but because it starts often with the mind and with the emotions and then it it um yeah it, it becomes clear in the body also the tensions so you have to find solution for that you have to do body work mind work and it helps 
people a lot to move fluently and to uh, have a healthy body. And that is also something that can happen with horses. Horses also are often in a life with a lot of tension emotionally and mentally. And if we don't help them, it starts to find a way to their body and the body gets blocked and the body gets tense and we have to work with that. So if you see that your horse moves with tension in his body, an example of that can be short strides, low back use, uh, tensed face muscles also, also when the horse stands still, or muscles that feel hard and that are in a way unmovable, then yeah, you, you have to work on that. And you can do that by doing body work with the horse in stand and in movement. Okay, so you also tell me that your horse is impatient. But I have to say that the horse is never impatient. Just like a human is not impatient. A human reacts impatiently in certain situations and in others not. So a human is not impatient. Nobody is impatient. Like one is always a man or a woman. That is true. One is a man for the rest of his life in every situation. One is a woman for the rest of his life uh, in every situation. Or one is born white, will be white for the rest of his life. One is born black, will be black for the rest of his or her life. But impatience you cannot be for the rest of your life. You're not born impatient to be it for the rest of your life. It's just a state you are in. It's a feeling you have. So in one situation you can feel impatience and in another you can feel really patient. So also with horses it's the same. Your horse is not an impatient horse. He only feels impatient in certain situations. And that is really something to understand. Because if you understand this, then you also understand that you can help your horse to feel calm, to feel soft and to feel patient again. You are an important role in that, in each situation, you play a very important role. So the first step towards a horse that finds his patience again is, like always, to be centered yourself, to be calm and soft and patient yourself. And everything starts with you. And I always say, to connect with your horse, you have to be connected with yourself first. If you want your horse to find patience again, his inner patience, you have to find your inner calm, your inner patience yourself. And there are different ways to do that. But the most easy and simple way to do that is to connect with yourself again. And the perfect way to do that is to connect with your belly and your breath. Uh, just go to your breath, observe your breath. Don't try to change anything about your breath, because if you're tense, your breath will be higher. If you're more relaxed, your breath will be lower. But don't change anything about it. It's just the way it is. Just connect with your breath, observe your breath, and feel the sensations of the breath. And the longer you stay with that feeling, the more you will feel your breath um, sinking down into your body, into your belly. Your belly goes up and down with every in and out breath. 
Now feel those sensations. It can help to put your hand on your belly as low as possible under your belly button and stay there for a while with your breath and the sensations and see what happens. And you will start to feel more centered, more soft, more connected to yourself and your horse will follow. But next to all the tips I gave you already, I also advise you the following. Go back to Liberty Training. Because the whole text you write me in your email, I can tell you really need to go back to the foundation. Because you tell me your horse is pushy, he will bite or kick, he bolts when lunging him. You feel like he is having an attitude. So these are all clear signs to me that you need to build a stronger foundation. You need to learn how to set boundaries. You need to learn also how to do that in a way that your horse understands. That builds trust, but also in a way that is clear to your horse. You also need to learn what motivates your horse, what your horse needs to engage more, to not get bored, because you also tell me your horse gets bored. But what is very major for you, what's really uh, important, is you need to get a positive feeling again about your horse and the relationship with your horse. You need to find the fun again before you can proceed with other things because that is really clear in your mail. The fun is, is gone, you know. You don't look forward to working with your horse anymore. It's stressy, it's, um, yeah, you can't find positive things anymore. Well, Liberty Training will help you to find the fun again. Liberty is the most natural state for a horse and therefore it is the easiest way to build a strong foundation with your horse upon which you can build further and it's the easiest way to develop a clear communication and to set boundaries and to learn how to set those boundaries. So don't hesitate, give yourself and your horse a new start, a new beginning and start feeling the fun again and I know you can do it, your horse can do it and you can do it together. Okay, let's go to the third question from Chantal Richard from Canada. Chantal is a member of the online horseness Liberty and Groundwork program and she writes, the podcast is a great idea and regardless of whether you answer my question, I will be watching each answer with great interest. Your Facebook video response to a member's recent question was great. You are very good at breaking down steps and I really appreciate how you never see a problem as an obstacle but rather as an opportunity. Kodak and I have learned a great deal because of you and I will always be grateful for that. We continue to work on groundwork, but winter conditions have made it challenging. I can't wait until we have better conditions and can work more often. Thank you, Chantal, for your kind words. I'm really happy you like the idea of a horseman's training podcast. And also, I want to thank Full Huge for being part of the horseman's training community. I always just love to read your stories about you and your horse, Kodak, and how much progression you make together. So keep going. You are really doing great together. And keep posting all your experience. I just love it. Now, let's have a look at your question, Chantal. This is what you wrote me. I have a 12-year-old who would like to start liberty training with her horse, our gelding Harley. 
She saw the results I got with my mare Kodak and is very impressed. I noticed that you do involve your children or other children sometimes. So do you have any advice for doing the program with young people? My daughter is focused and motivated, but naturally her attention span might not be the same as that of an adult. And things like mindfulness might not be quite so easy for her. We're open to suggestions. Best Chantal. Yes. I do evolve my children or other children when doing liberty with my horses. And the first thing is, of course, always safety. My youngest daughter is only 14 months now, so I carry her on my back when I bring her with me. And like that, she's already learning very naturally, like all children do, just like watching life. And in this case, watching horses and watching how I interact with them. So she finds it's very interesting and she's often also smiling and even laughing out loud. So let your daughter watch you when you work with your horse. Don't give her an explanation, just let her watch if she has questions. Um, uh, of course, answer that. But just watching life and observing is one of the most important things to learn for uh, children and for adults also. Uh, my oldest daughter is nine. And she also watches me regularly when I train my horses. So that is also an important part for her. But when she wants to do something with the horses herself, there's still always an adult with her. So that's me or my husband. And that is also what I advise for every child. Never let them alone with a horse. Because horses can react different on a child than on a grown-up. I saw horses that were normally very friendly, very easygoing, become very pushy and even a little bit aggressive towards children. And there are several possible reasons for that. Think about school horses that were ridden by children a lot and really started hating children for that. I saw that a lot. If those uh, horses weren't um, healed, um, then they they keep having that negative feeling about little children. So be careful about that. Or children that are too brutal towards horses can also trigger uh, behavior that are a bit uh, dangerous. Or the contrary, children who are very shy, not assertive enough with a horse um, can also uh, be a problem because then sometimes those horses, for example, starts to hurt the child. And this herding game that the horse plays, if the child runs away, can easily escalate towards really a dominant game with physical danger for the child. So even when your horse is really easygoing, a calm horse, very friendly horse, never take the risk. I never take the risk with my uh, horses. I'm always there. First, your child has to have the skills necessary before you can leave it alone with a horse. And in most cases, this means that the children are already teenagers. I'm not uh, talking about a horse that is um, tied on the wall. That maybe can uh, be possible if you are around. You don't have to be there all the time, but keep an eye on it. But if your child is working with a horse in liberty or in the arena while doing groundwork, or even riding, be there. Another tip I can give is about uh, what you said, the attention span is maybe not as long as with an adult, 
My tip about that is don't force the child to continue longer than it wants. Children can be very motivated and really look forward to do something with the horses, but after five or ten minutes, it's possible that you already have enough of it. Now let them. Don't force your child to continue. So don't say things like, we already cleaned Sammy's hooves and we brought him to the paddock. We're only five minutes here and now you already want to stop. All that work for nothing. I know it sometimes feels like that for the, for the adult. We've done all the work, we went to the field, we cleaned the hooves, we even put different clothes on before we went out. But it's for the child not like that. It already did a lot. It helped taking the horse out, it helped cleaning the hooves, it learned how to lead the horse to the paddock maybe, and it enjoyed, it enjoyed working with the horse for those few minutes in the arena. And for you it might feel like your child did nothing interesting to you, but for the child everything is interesting and fun as long as it still is something that it wanted to do itself. So from the moment it wants to do something else, let it. If it's not interested anymore, it will not learn anything. So don't grumble about it, because if you are going to do that, the child will become less and less interested. So you don't have to worry about the attention span of the child. Just let the child decide whether it wants to continue or not. And also, don't give too much information. Only the necessary. If the child has a question, it will ask. If you give too much information, a lot of children drop out. Children don't learn more if you uh, tell them more. Um, they don't learn either when it's only about information. They learn from experience. That is really the best way. It's not only their head that must be part, it's also their heart that must be part. They must feel the things. And only when head and heart learn together, they learn best. For the rest, if your daughter is already 12, you can just do the program as it is designed. Just follow the steps and let your daughter choose how long every session is. And does she continue for 30 minutes? Great, that's great. But does she want to stop after five minutes? That's, that's great too, so let her choose. The mindfulness part you can do when you see it's necessary. So let's say your daughter one day gets frustrated about something, that happens when being with her horse, then ask her to put her hand on her belly and do some belly breathing, only for a minute or two and then continue. Another thing you can do, of course, is integrate mindfulness in daily life. So my daughter is only nine, but because I've been practicing mindfulness with her since she is very young, I think she could hardly speak, she even helps me in certain situations. And so that is the proof that if you just do it in daily life without having like official lessons, it really um, gets in their uh, system. Last week, for example, there was a situation in which I started to become irritated and she said, Mama, stop for a moment, breathe in, breathe out. And she was quite um, assertive, like stop for a moment, stop here, don't become more irritated, but breathe in, breathe out. And it's funny how she does that. 
She sounds very mature and it's so beautiful to notice also that she recognizes when somebody needs to reconnect and needs to be helped also with it. So um, that is my advice. Integrate mindfulness in your daily life and it will also help better than when you are with the horses. The body scan, for example, you can do when she already lies in bed. So the body scan from the Find Your Feel series, you can do that when she's in her bed before she goes sleeping as a nighttime ritual. And even the softness response you can do with your daughter. If you integrate those things in your life, you will start to see more and more occasions where you can do those little mindfulness moments. Also, what I want to say here for everybody and for you, Chantal, is go in nature a lot. Alone, but because we are also talking about children here, go in nature a lot with your child. In nature, our body and our mind gets nurtured. We see nature, we smell it, we hear it, we feel it. And I call this vitamin N. It's vitamin nature. So also try to walk in silence. Of course, if your child needs to talk, let it. But when you can, also walk in silence so that you and your daughter's senses are fully open and aware of the surroundings. And you can also do that in the field with the horses, of course. Um, also while doing bonding time, you can walk. But it's very important that you go a lot in nature. And nature, can find, you can find it everywhere. Don't think if you are not in, um, living in, in the countryside, let's say you are living in the, in the city, you can also find nature because if you step outside your door, you can see the sky and there are always trees. Maybe you can visit a park nearby. Uh, so nature is everywhere if you look around, okay? if you're open up to it. So go to nature, get your vitamin N a lot. Also about mindfulness, um, listen together with your daughter Chantal to the MP3 recording in the Liberty Training program about mindful bonding time. There's also the MP3 recording about generating energy, so generating the energy you want to see in your horse. And of course the here and now technique in the same program is also something you can suggest to practice together. But again, if she wants to stop listening or watching because it's too boring to her or it's just not the right moment, let her. She will come back to it when she wants to and when she feels the needs to. That is also something that I see with my daughter. The Find Your Feel series is also very fun to do with your children, Chantal, if you keep it short. A yoga and mindful movement session, for example, is something that most children like a lot, especially if you put on a relaxing music and you uh, have some essential oils uh, burning. Lavender is a perfect scent for this. It's really a relaxing scent. Uh, it's good for everybody. So uh, try to make it like a kind of a wellness session. I call this a wellness session, uh, me and my daughter. And uh, if you start the session with a short breathing exercise and then you do some mindful moving and some yoga exercises and then you end the session with a body scan, then you already have a great session. Your child will pick up things from it and she will start to use it in daily life, especially if you integrate those mindful moments in daily life together with her. 
just make sure you don't make it too long. Um, in in, in uh, 15 minutes, you can already do a lot. My nine-year-old, she learns to love yoga. She learned it. Now she can easily do a session from one to one hour and a half. But when she was new to it, it was only 15 minutes and she wanted to stop. So if your daughter is new to this, then it will probably be a short session. But you will see if she starts to like it, then it will become a longer session. So Chantal, I hope my answer was helpful for you. This is how I integrate mindfulness in the daily life of my children and also how I involve my daughter in the work with horses. So let me sum that up very short for you. Let your daughter watch you as much as she likes. If she wants to do things herself, let her. Then make sure it is safe. Always stay with her or let another experienced adult keep her company and help her if she needs help. Let her choose herself how long each session is. And for the rest, let her follow the program as it is set up because she is already 12 and so she's old enough to understand most things. And if not, she can always ask you, just don't give her too much information. Only explain to her the things she asks and the things that are important to know at that moment. I wish you a lot of fun with your daughter Chantal and till later. Now, let's go to the next question. A question that was sent in by Anna from Italy. She writes, I adopted a severely abused mare a few months ago. It is still very hard to approach her. Most of the time she runs away before I can, closer, before I can come closer than a few meters. I often let her come into the stable by feeding her there and then I can halter her. What can I do? All I want at this stage is for her to trust me and feel good about approaching her and haltering her. Okay, first of all, thank you, Anna, for adopting this mare and wanting to put effort and energy into it. Every horse deserves a good and happy life and I'm sure your horse will overcome her traumas and will find trust in you and the human world because your intentions are pure and she will feel that. Because you tell me you want her to trust me and feel good about approaching her and halting her at this stage. That is all you want. So if that is really all you want for now, she will feel your intentions. She will feel that you want to help her. The first thing you can do is also what I explained in my answer to the first question in the podcast of choice. It is spending time with her in the field so she can get used to you being there. She will then also learn that humans are not always wanting something from her or being bad to her, what she has um, had in the past. So she will learn that it's only doing bonding time, it's only spending time with her. And don't expect her to come, just sit there, enjoy the moment, stay present, connect with your breath and your body if you feel you're losing yourself in thoughts about the past or the future or about her just enjoy the moment and spend time with her. Abused horses are extremely, extremely more than other horses even, sensitive. They are extremely sensitive to mental and emotional tension in the human. And I'm going to explain you why, Anna. That is because humans who abuse horses are always 
extremely tensed. Humans that abuse horses are disconnected from themselves. They are disconnected from their heart. They are disconnected from nature. They are disconnected from life in general. Those people carry a lot of tension on every level. Physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. Otherwise they would not abuse their horse. And this is not a judgment. Far from it. It's just a fact. Those people need help also. They need to feel better about life, about themselves, about, about yeah, they need to uh, find a connection with their heart again. So it's not a judgment, it's a fact, but it's something you need to know to understand why your horse is so sensitive to tension. So because those people carry all that tension, horses who get abused develop an antenna for tension in the human. Because they think, if a human is tensed, maybe they will abuse me. So they develop an even bigger antenna for it than a normal, not abused horse. I have one severely abused horse myself. I saved her life because nobody wanted her anymore. If I didn't buy her, she would go to the slaughterhouse. So she was very skinny, she was sick and she attacked people and would suddenly start to freak out, out of the blue, when we first got her. So we first thought it was out of the blue, because, you know, we didn't see uh, the pattern there. But after a while, there was a pattern we could see. Every time, me, or the person who was with her, was a bit tensed, because of some kind of stress, whether that was tension that was built up during the day, too much work or bad news, something else, or it was tension or because of irritation or fear in the moment, she would react. And after a while, we could see it coming. Her look started to change, her lips got tensed, she would make that typical movement with the neck and the head, and then she would attack. So after a while, we only worked with her if we were sure that we were 100% tension-free, so soft in the body, soft in the mind, no stress at all. So here is where self-awareness and mindfulness play such a big role. This horse, her name is Joy, she had a different name, but we renamed her because I deeply believe that the name of a horse has a big impact on how the human works with the horse and also how the horse feels about herself. Her name was uh, Joyce, which is not such a bad name, but we called her Joy because she didn't have joy in her life. So we renamed her and renamed her, we called her Joy. And Joy was the perfect self-awareness teacher for me to make me aware of any tension in my mind and body. She really helped me a lot with it. So luckily we could help her and we, give her, we gave her back the trust in humans but now, more than 15 years later, she still reacts when a human is tensed, even if it is only a tiny little bit. She doesn't attack anymore, that, that she doesn't do, so she doesn't react so extremely, but she can still get that weird look and that tension in the face when somebody is tense. So I, tense, so I can easily see, enjoy, when somebody is working with her, 
if that person is soft and calm and relaxed and who is not, who is building some tension in his mind. Because I can not only see it, but I can see it in her and then it's mostly it starts in the mind and um, she just shows it. So I can have a, somebody working with her, everything is well. I ask for an exercise, it doesn't go. So we practice something, it doesn't go so well. I can see her change and then I know, okay, this person is getting um, worried because he doesn't know how to do it. He, he finds himself not good enough. He finds he still has to learn a lot and he gets tensed about it. So it's really amazing how she shows it. Now, I'm telling you this story to let you know that being tension-free is something very important when working with an abused horse. Of course, it's important for every horse, but for an abused horse like yours, it's even more important. So, start with bonding time and get rid of your tensions, if you have them. I'm not saying you, Anna, you have tensions in your body and your mind, but Try to release as much tension as you have. I'm not saying here that your horse will attack. I'm just giving you this example. But maybe she will react on it in a different way. Some horses just run away. Some horses um, don't want to connect. Some horses get pushy. Some horses get tense themselves. You know, so release your tensions. Do body work. Do mindfulness. Start with bonding time. After that, you can do the next connection exercises and take your time. Especially greet and go is a perfect exercise for horses to get trust in being approached or not. So your horse doesn't want to get be approached. And with greet and go, the horse can decide whether you can come closer or not and how close you can come and also if you are allowed to greet your horse or not. So because the horse is in charge, the horse gains trust and the horse learns that you respect her boundaries, that you respect her fear and her doubts. And when that happens, when she knows that you respect that, her boundaries, her fears, her doubts, then when she can trust that you won't come closer than she allows, your horse will let eventually greet her and she will eventually overcome his fear for you approaching her. She will start to trust you, you will, can, you will be able to halter her. And the horse will learn that approaching doesn't mean you want something because, you know, a lot of horses reason that if somebody approaches me, they want something from me. They want something that I don't like. They uh, want to touch me. They want to halter me. They want to abuse me. So especially abused horses have negative associations with being haltered. So with the greet and go exercise, you can show your horse that you don't want something from her. It's only saying hi, making contact, and that's all. That helps your horse to find trust again. And again, with all this, give your horse the time she needs. Stay present, stay soft, no tensions in the body. If you feel physically tensed, if you feel mentally tensed, soften your body by using the softness response. The softness response is very easy to learn, it's very simple. It's part of the Find Your Feel series. 
And after a few times of practicing this softness response, you will feel that this response will kick in from the moment you think about it. If your horse is in the box, then just don't go and catch her immediately. So you can still let her come in with food if it's needed, but just don't go in the box and catch her. But wait until she comes to you first. Wait until she comes, smell you, touch you maybe. You can use a food reward in that situation to give her a positive association with coming to you until she has overcome her fear. So give her something nice to eat if that helps her overcome her fear a bit um, easier. But Anna, as a professional horse trainer, with a lot of experience when it comes to abused horses and traumatized horses, I do give you the advice to start Horseness Liberty Training and uh, the Horseness Liberty Training program because then I can coach you step by step and I can coach you to go further because it's crucial you do it right. Okay, so if you need information, if you need more information about the Liberty Training program, please send me an email. That's info at horsefulnesstraining.com and I will give you all the information you need. And in the meantime, Anna, I hope my answer was helpful to you and for your horse. And if you would have any more questions, also everybody else who is listening here to the podcast, post them in the Horseness Training Fan Club on Facebook. If you're not um, part of it yet, send me an invitation and I will give you access. Okay, it's time for the last question. And that is a question from Dominique from France. You write in an article that during liberty, the horse has the freedom to do whatever it wants to do. But in my opinion, a horse needs rules, especially in liberty. Rules that say what is allowed and what is not allowed. My horse is not allowed to come into my space if I don't ask this. I also don't allow my horse to trot when I ask for a walk. Don't you have rules about what the horse is allowed and what it is not allowed when you work at liberty? Okay, so that is a very interesting question, Dominique. I know in a lot of horse training methods, rules are an important part of training. But for me, they are not. I don't see it like that. For me, there's not such a thing like rules. Even more, in my opinion, rules break the connection and the communication with your horse. Okay, so let me explain this, how I think about that, about rules and why that is, yeah, really not good for the connection that it even breaks it. Rules are always a replacement for thinking in the moment. So something happens and if you have a rule, you will say, no, this is not allowed, that's the rule. So you don't think about what's happening, you just apply your rule. But no horse is ever the same. No situation is ever the same. Let me expand on the example you give me about your rule that your horse is not allowed to come into your space when you don't ask this. I'm going to give you three possible situations. In situation A, your horse knows you are carrying food in your pocket. He pins his ears. He pushes against your arm, tries to bite you to get into your pocket. 
That's situation A. In situation B, your horse is a bit itchy on his tail. He positions himself with his hind leg close to you, in front of you, so that you can touch his tail. He asks you, in that way, if you want to scratch him on his tail. But he comes really at 5 centimeters in front of your face with his tail. In situation C, you are walking together with your horse in traffic. It's the first time in traffic your horse is insecure. He comes walking really close, a bit next to you, behind you, because he needs that extra support due to the fact he's still unconfident in traffic. So these are three different situations. But they all have one thing in common, and that is that the horse comes into your space without you asking him to do so. So the way you will react on those three situations, whether that is your horse that bites you because he wants the food, whether that is because he asks you to scratch his tail, or whether that is because he's insecure, you are going to apply your rule and you're going to say, go out of my space, I didn't invite you to, stay out of it, follow my rule. This is how you react. But in my opinion, it's not about applying rules, but about communication. What you need to do is evaluate each situation individually and communicate to your horse what feels good for you and what feels not good, what is okay and what is not in that particular situation. So let's go back to those three situations. In situation A, your horse comes into your space, bites you, is very pushy, you don't feel good about it. I, was, I would ask my horse to go, go out of my personal space. You know, I would ask my horse to go out of my personal space if he's too pushy, if he's not respectful, and I would ask him to calm down, to be polite, and to wait for the treat instead of, you know, getting it. I would ask that. I would communicate to him. I would say, I don't like this. I don't feel safe. You bite me. I don't like this. I want you to go out of my space. Calm down, please. Be polite. And then you can have your treat. In situation B, I would just love it that my horse expresses his needs. And I would just give him a huge long scratch. But maybe another day, in another situation, he would ask this a bit too unfriendly to me and he would start pushing me with his hind so that I have to step backwards and I would be not in the mood to scratch him and then I would say, I don't feel like it, please uh, go forward a little bit or turn, turn that you face me again and I want to do something else. So I have two possibilities here, or maybe three, or maybe four, depending on the situation. In situation C, I'm walking with my horse in traffic. My horse comes closer. He doesn't push me. He's quite polite, but he comes really close. And I feel my horse is seeking support, just like a foal does when seeking support with his mother. I would maybe let him come closer, because I know it's the first time and I would give him that support, but little by little, and day after day, I would work with the horse in a way that the horse gains more 
and more trust and courage in traffic and more um, confidence so that after a while he doesn't need to find so much uh, or seek so much support and would uh, be courageous enough to even walk in front of me or far behind me. And so it's um, communication. I would communicate to him, okay, it's okay, but on a really easy part in traffic with no cars, I would ask him, go a little bit backwards again. And you know, it's communication. Um, also in the other example you give about your horse trotting while you ask for a walk, there should be no rules. Because if my horse would trot on while I ask for a walk, then I would again evaluate that situation on that day. Is my horse inviting me to play when he trots on? Is the horse bored and just wants to get away when he trots on? Did I use maybe too much energy so that the horse thought I was asking for a trot, therefore he's only doing what he was asked? Or was there something maybe behind us that frightened the horse and now he wants to get away from it? Or is the horse so energetic that walking is difficult at the moment and he first needs a bit of trotting and playing first? So you see, this is what I mean, there are no rules. If you want to have an honest communication going on, then rules just can't be part of that. In no way, because rules are breaking the connection. They are breaking the communication. And they are also um, preventing the learning. Because you learn a lot by looking at each, each situation and seeing how your reaction to it influences your horse and how he reacts in return. And your horse learns also from you because your horse learns how you react on him and if he reacts back, how you react on that. So rules hinder learning while communication contri contributes, contributes um, to learning. So I could really go much deeper into this, but I think you now already understand what I mean when I say rules can't be part of horse training and instead of rules there should always be communication and instead of rules there should be an evaluating of each situation individually. And that's what I mean with horses have the freedom to do what they want. Okay, so there are no rules. There's only communication. Okay, so I hope um, you understand what I mean um, with this Dominique. If you would have questions about it or you want to go deeper into the topic, let me know. Just go to the Horseman's Training Fan Club and we can discuss this also with other people. It's a very interesting discussion and I'm really happy you have uh, sent me in that question for everybody uh, to learn from it. So these were the five questions for this first episode of the Horses Training Podcast. We've talked about mindfulness and children and liberty training and rules or no rules. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a lot from it. I enjoyed it a lot. 
In the next episode, I'm going to talk about groundwork and I will also answer five questions about that um, training component. In the meantime, I'm very curious about what horsefulness training means to you and your horse. So if you are a follower on social media and my website, or you have read the free ebooks that I wrote and you have been implementing the tips already, or you are an online student or a real life student of mine, please share your story. Share the story about what horsefulness training means to you or what it did for you and your horse on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag I love horsefulness training. And in the next podcast, I'm going to choose the message that moves me the most with a free membership to the Horsefulness Liberty Training Program. If you are already a member, don't worry, you can still participate because then you can win a free private online coaching call. So use the hashtag I love horseness training and share your story. You can also win a free membership to the Horseness Liberty Training Program or a free online coaching call if you share with us your favorite horsefulness moment. So if you have a beautiful, special or moving picture of you and your horse while doing horsefulness training, whether that is liberty or groundwork or riding, everything you like, if you want to share that with the world and tell us about that special horsefulness moment, then also share it on Facebook using the hashtag MyHorsefulnessMoment and maybe you will win a Horsefulness Liberty Training membership or a free online coaching call. So thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to learn more about Horsefulness Training, visit horsefulnesstraining.com. You can download two, e two free ebooks and read all the articles there or visit horsefulness.be if you're Dutch speaking. I'm going to leave you now with this important message. Care for your horse, connect with your horse, and make a difference in your horse's life because your horse only lives once and you are the one who can make sure it's worth it.